0: Well, hey, Central family, this weekend marks two years that Tiffany and I have been a part of the Central family, two years of serving as a as lead pastor here at Central. And I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being so gracious to us. Thanks for uh, your patience with us in the midst of all the ups and downs. Thanks for, uh, yeah, just caring for me, caring for for our family. And I think it's goes without saying that probably these, these two years, these past 24 months have not gone according to plan. I mean, just four months in here as lead pastor, I, I ruptured my Achilles and, and you guys put up with me as I hobbled around in a, in a boot up here on stage with crutches and all that nonsense. And, and then we, we experienced some tr- staff transitions and then we was followed by a, a global pandemic only to be followed by, by racial tensions and then to be coupled with political divisions and here we are in 20 20- and while we've entered into a, a new year, uh, it doesn't seem like a whole lot has changed in the world around us. I mean, maybe you heard just last week uh, on Capitol Hill, our nation's capital, uh, experienced uh, rioters coming in and, and violent uh, protest. And just the madness in our world hasn't changed a whole lot since 2020, has it? Uh, but my question to you not 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 worried about the world around us while we've we've experienced a new year and a and a change in the calendar year that's all great uh, but my question to you is is have you changed H- have i changed and uh, while, while we can't choose the way the world operates around us, we can't choose the behavior of people and the injustice that we see and the, the, the mayhem that continues to unfold around us. We, we, we can't choose that. We can't dictate that. But what we can choose, and really only you can choose, is your posture in life. Only you can choose the choices you make and the, 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 the demeanor that you're going to take into this new year, those things are only in your control. And so here's the reality in the midst of the mayhem, in the midst of the chaos, God promises joy. And so we're gonna, we're wrapping up, uh, you know, 2020 as we were coming to the end of that year. I was just thinking about you, thinking about the central family and praying for you guys and and looking forward to 2021 and, and just saying, and God, would you give your church fresh strength? Fresh strength, that's what my hope for you is. Uh, 2020 was so depleting. And I just think, God, as we enter into a new year, would you pour out fresh strength? And I had this thought race through my mind that, Tim, if if the church is gonna experience fresh strength, then the church must choose fresh joy. Here's why, Nehemiah 8.10 says this, "Uh, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord, it's your strength. And uh, that, that's why the, the first item on that prayer list, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. That first item on that prayer list, my prayer for you, the central family, my prayer for me as we go into this new year is that we be a church that chooses, chooses joy. And so today I want to I just talk to you about, about choosing joy because my hope is that 2021 is a year marked by joy. Today I'm going to give you three sources of joy, and then we're going to, to take three observations. We're going to look at three observations from the book of Philippians on, on how we can, we can choose joy. So the first one is this, the first source of joy, joy comes knowing that God has a plan for my life. Like whenever I realize, when I settle in my heart, when I know not just cognitively, but I know right here in the core of who I am, that God, the creator of the universe, he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for my life. All of a sudden I can experience some joy. For many of us, uh, many people don't know that, that God has a plan for their life. They don't really know what on earth they're here for. And therefore they filter their life through life circumstances, Whether things are going well, whether things are going bad, their their, their joy, their happiness, it it blows around like the the waves of the sea. And and hear this, uh, this is so simple and yet so difficult for so many of us. If you don't know how God made you, if you don't know why God made you, if you don't know the plan that he has for your life, then everything else in life will define your life. And anything... Everything in life really is, is pulling against joy. It's the gravitational pull of life goes against a culture, a habit, a posture of, of joy because it's always, always changing. But if you know God has a plan, that there's a God who's always in control even when circumstances seem to be out of control, then you can live a life of joy because your heavenly father is working all things together for your good Because he's got a plan. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says this. It's talking about Jesus even on his worst day. He he says that that Jesus maintained joy. He says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why? Because he knew God had a plan even in the pain. Psalm 16, 5 through 11 says this. "Uh, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Check that out. The boundary lines have fallen in, 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 pleasant, in pleasant places. In other words, he's saying, I, I know my place. I, I know, God, you've given me assignment. I know, I know, God, you've chosen me for this time. I know you've chosen me for, for this place. My boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. For me, I know my boundary lines have fallen here in San Jose for this time. For this place, and so when the other offers came in in 2020 to go, go look elsewhere, to go, go explore another opportunity, while it looked very appealing, <laughs> I knew my boundary lines were here, and, and there's there just comes a joy, there comes a peace in selling that in your heart that I'm not looking over the fence. God, I know my boundary lines. They've fallen for me in pleasant, and pleasant places. He says, surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. So God, you got a plan for me. You, you've positioned me here. You've chosen the time, the place where I should live. But not only that, but God, you're instructing me. You're helping me fulfill the plan, the purpose that you've you've placed in my, in my life. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad my tongue is going to talk about it. I'm going to rejoice. My body will also rest secure because because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. It says this, you've made known to me the path of life. And you fill me, check this out, with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Kay Warren is an author and also the, the wife of Pastor Rick Warren. Uh, pastor Rick Warren and Kay, they pastor a church called Saddleback in Southern California. You've probably heard of, of the Purpose Driven Life book. Pastor Rick wrote that. And his wife Kay and, and Pastor Rick, they've experienced a lot of life's ups and downs. I mean, they're in ministry. And so, so naturally they take a lot of shots from the people that they're trying to encourage the most. I mean, they've they've been on some of the, the highest mountain peaks in ministry. And done extraordinary things for God, but they've also experienced some of the darkest valleys. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren and Kay have uh, lost one of their sons. I can't imagine uh, a deeper level of grief here on earth than that, as their one of their sons took his own life and committed suicide. But in the midst of all that, Pastor uh, Rick Warren's wife Kay wrote a book called uh, Choose Joy. Because happiness isn't enough. Choose joy because happiness isn't enough. I, I would encourage you to pick up this book in 2021. To, so we, we would be a people who choose joy uh, because happiness for all of us is, is just not enough. But Pastor, uh, Kay Warren, she, she said this. Uh, she said, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. This is a, a great passage for you to memorize. It's found in Psalm uh, thirty-seven, twenty-three. As we start this new year, man, I challenge everyone in the Central family, this is a good, memorize this passage. Psalm 23, uh, Psalm 37, 23 rather. Here it is. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Like he's directing your steps. If you, you set your heart to go after God, you say, God, you're number one in my life. Uh, And we're not going to do it perfectly. I I don't do it perfectly. Maybe you've been off the rails and you're just coming back to God for the first time. Today, this can be true of you. You set your heart to seek God. Here's the promise of scripture. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. And he delights, check this out, in every detail of their lives. The Lord, the creator of the universe, he delights in the details of your life. And I'm just saying he's got a plan. And it can be a source of joy for us because in the midst of life's ups and downs, there's a purpose even in the pain that's where it all starts we've got to know that God has a plan otherwise our joy will be defined by our circumstances and and that's just going to feel like a roller coaster so joy comes knowing God has a plan for our lives but joy also comes certain that God will work it out we've got to know not just cognitively but deep down inside in the midst of the ups and downs of life that not only does God have a plan, but He's going to work that plan out. There's a God in control, and here's the deal: it's not you, and it's not, it's not me. Uh, one statement that I make to myself on a daily basis: I have a, a list of statements that I, I, I say to myself uh, on a regular basis to to help keep me within the guardrails, and and here's one that I make to my myself every day, and that's this: I'm a son of the King. With my dad in my corner, I cannot lose just as I would do anything to help my kids. I know my heavenly father is working even more diligently and effectively on my behalf, whether I see him working or not. And that last part is so crucial because a lot of times I don't see how he's working. I don't see what he's up to, but because he's good, I trust his character and he's working on my behalf. He's working on your behalf, whether you see it or not. Not only does he have a plan, but he's in control of life and he's gonna bring that plan to fruition in your life. First Peter 1.8 says this, though you had not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, And some of you right here, right now, you're like, God, I don't see you now. I don't see how you're working. I don't know what's going on, but you believe in him. And that results in this. You're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. There was a king uh, in Africa, actually. He he had this servant and he loved this servant. The servant was one of his his best friends because this servant always had this positive attitude. Uh, This guy was always saying, this is good. This is good. No matter what happened, this is good. This is good. And the king just, just loved this guy for that. He, he wanted him around him all the time. And, and this king, he, he loved to hunt. And so he, this king and the servant, some, some friends were out on this, this hunt in the, in the safari. And, um, and the, the servant was loading the king's gun, uh, but he didn't load it properly. And so whenever the king took aim to fire the weapon, uh, the, the barrel exploded and it blew the king's thumb off. And he looks at his servant and the servant says, well, this is good. This is good. This is good. And the king's like, no, this is not good. I just blew off my finger. And now you're going to jail. And so he put this, this, this friend, the servant, in prison. And he said, you're going to be here for the rest of your life. Well, uh, the king, thumb, nub starts to heal. And about a year later, he goes back on another hunt. Uh, well, this time they get off the grid and they, they get captured by uh, a tribe of cannibals. And uh, wh- while they're there, they're, they're getting ready to be feasted upon by this tribe of, of cannibals. But these cannibals are very superstitious. And so while they're examining all the men, they don't know he's the king. Uh, they just think he's another one of these guys that were hunting on their territory. They recognize that he doesn't have a thumb. And so they would never eat anything that has a defect. And so they said, hey, you, you can go. These other men, they're, they're staying here. And so while this, this king is running back to his village... He thinks, man, the first thing I do whenever I get home is I'm gonna go let that servant out of prison because of what happened. He saved my life. So he gets back to the town, he, he lets his servant out of prison, he just starts apologizing profusely. Hey, I'm so sorry, uh, it was because of you that I, I was released from this tribe of cannibals because you blew off my thumb and I threw you in prison, I'm just so sorry for that. You haven't seen your kids growing up, you haven't seen your wife in over a year and I'm just, I'm just so sorry and the servant simply replied, this is good, this is good, this is good. And the king was like, wow, how can you say that? The servant was like, well, because I have two thumbs. And if I was, if you didn't put me in prison, I'd be with you and I'd be lunch for somebody else. So this is good. This is good. Kay Warren says this, joy is the quiet confidence that everything is going to be all right. Not only does God have a plan, God is a God who's in control of all of life's circumstances. Third, this third source of joy comes when I choose joy. I mean, you just got to choose it. Joy comes when I choose joy. A whole lot of people live life thinking that joy is going to find you. But here's what you need to know. Joy's joy not just waiting to jump on you. Matter of fact, joy is probably running away from you. You got to look for joy. You got to find joy. You got to look for the good in life circumstances. You got you to pursue those things and run after them. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians 4:4: rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, Rejoice! Check this out. There's joy. You gotta. If you're gonna rejoice, like you've had joy before, but you gotta rejoice. You gotta think about it. You gotta live in that space. Rejoice in the Lord always. And check this out. He he doubles down. He's like, I'm gonna say it again. Rejoice. Why would Paul say that? Because in these five short words, we've already forgot to do this. I would just simply ask you this. Scale of one to ten. How have you been doing in this area of your life? Have you been rejoicing in the Lord always? Apostle Paul would double down. I'm going to say it again. It's time we rejoice. Joy is a choice. Kay Warren, again, in her book, she says this, joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. So, hey, in, in 2021, it is time for us to choose Joy. Now I want to give you three ways that we can choose joy in 2021, uh, three ways that we can live a life of joy that comes directly from the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. Uh, now I want to give you a little bit of the backstory of what's going on here in this book of, of Philippians. And if you're, you're new to kind of studying the Bible, the, this guy Paul that I mentioned, he's an apostle and he actually wrote over two-thirds of the, the New Testament. And whenever Paul's writing this letter, he's actually writing this letter from prison because Paul had gone into this city to to help people find and follow Jesus. He's trying to do good for that community, good for God, good for the kingdom, good for the world around him. And he's met with an unjust arrest at the hand of some some government officials and he's thrown into, into prison. It was unfair, it was unjust. And you talk about having a bone to pick with government authorities Certainly Paul would have had one. But one thing that we do not find in any of his letters is a a ploy to mount the church against the current governing authorities. But rather time and time again, throughout Paul's teachings, we see Paul instructing followers of Jesus, instructing people like you, people like me to honor those in authority, to honor all of the governing officials. And why is that? Because more important than who was leading the government at that time, Paul knew and he wanted you to know, he wanted the church to know that we serve a king that supersedes all authorities, that we are kingdom subjects, that that our time here on earth is temporary, that we're citizens of heaven and our citizenship is there. But right here, right now, we live as, as aliens on assignment, representing the king of kings. And so more important than that political post My question to you is this, how does that represent your king? And I would just encourage all of us in this this day and age where emotions are high, tempers are flaring, before you hit send, ask yourself this question, as a kingdom subject, how am I representing my king in this moment? And in the midst of extreme persecution, the church that that, that Paul was writing this letter to, the church that was taking place at this time, while Paul was arrested and imprisoned, other people were being executed by government authorities, killed at the hand of governing officials, people losing their dad, people losing their kids, their sons, their daughters, being killed for following Jesus. And in the midst of that climate, Paul would write things like this to them and say things to us today like these words in First Thessalonians five. Always be joyful. Are you serious, Paul? In the midst of persecution, in the midst of I just lost my my, my, my son, I just lost my, my daughter. They're, they've been killed by the governing authorities. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Check this out. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Check it out. You do these three things in 2021. This will be your best year ever. Always be joyful. Choose joy. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all all circumstances. Not only did Paul give us this instruction, but he modeled for us how we can live it out. So here's this guy in prison. He's waiting to be executed. In addition to all that, he's getting word, he's getting messages, he's getting letters to him about how uh, things are going sideways in these churches that he he helped start. Uh, there's divisions, there's gossiping going on. Uh, there's leaders coming in with impure motives and, and, and trying to lead out a selfish gain. And, and, and in the midst of all that, Paul chooses to maintain his his joy, and you and I can choose to do the same today. Here's the first way that Paul did that. The number one for you, for me, for Paul. Here it is. It says, choose to look beyond what happened. So we just got to make a choice to choose to look beyond what happened. For far too many of us, we're not looking beyond what happened, but rather we're we're wallowing in in what what happened. Uh, Psychologists call this ruminating. It's where we basically take uh, something that was done to us, something that was uh, felt unjust, felt unfair, felt wrong, felt hurtful, and we just mull it over in our mind over and over and over and over again. ruminating It's actually an agricultural term, like cows, they're ruminant animals. They have four chambers in their stomachs. And so they, they eat something, they swallow it, they hawk it back up, chew it some more, swallow it. They hawk it back up, chew it some more. And it goes into these different digestive chambers. They're ruminating on their food. Well, the challenge with that is when we ruminate on the wrong things, it takes us sideways. As a matter of fact, many leading psychologists today say that the number one cause of suicide is ruminating. People ruminating, playing it over and over in their mind, all the things that are wrong in their life. Like Kristen said in our first message, at the, the last message rather of 2020, it's time we move past our past. It's time to look beyond what happened. It's in, it's in the past. We, we can't do anything about it. Now, please hear me on this. I am not saying don't do anything. I am not saying it's not important. Please don't mishear me. I'm just saying that the more you think about and dwell on those things, the more death and destruction will take place in your heart, in your life, and it will rob you of joy. Here's what the Apostle Paul chose to do in Philippians 1, 12, it says this. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. What's happened to him is he was arrested unjustly. It wasn't what he anticipated would happen. It wasn't what should have happened. He's saying, it didn't go the way I thought it would. It didn't go the way that I thought it should, but don't worry because I've been, I've been doing some writing. I've been trying to find new and creative ways to advance the gospel. And, and I actually feel like the gospel is advancing. And it's because of Paul's arrest. It was because Paul was placed in prison unfairly, unjustly, that we now have the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of grateful that Paul was arrested. And beyond that, I'm thankful that Paul chose to look beyond what happened to continue the mission and advance the gospel. He chose to look beyond what happened and so can you, so can I. Second thing is to choose to find new opportunities. We can all choose to find new opportunities. Here's what it says in Philippians chapter 113. It says, as a result, the result of being in prison, the result of being arrested uh, and uh, unjustly by, for that matter, um, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And check this out. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Here he is. He's in, he's in prison. He could have become bitter. He could have gone sideways. He could have just ruminated on all the wrong and unjust things that have been done to him. And you know what? No one would have blamed him for that. But he chose joy. He, he, didn't choose, he chose to look beyond the circumstances and he chose to look for new opportunities. And so now, as a result of his chains, we now have these letters, these letters in the New Testament, the one that we're currently reading today in Philippians. People in very influential positions that that are part of the palace guard and part of Caesar's household are now followers of Jesus because of his chains. Followers of Jesus became more courageous and confident in the Lord and dared all the more, the Bible says, to proclaim the gospel without fear. All that happened. How? Why? Because of his chains. Listen, we could all share stories of how tough this season is and, and all the unjust things that have happened and, and how angry we are. And you know what, a lot of people, most people would not blame you a bit for doing that. But I'm just submitting to you, what if like the apostle Paul, if he would have chose to do that, to go that route, we'd miss out on all these letters in the New Testament. Those people wouldn't have been saved. And matter of fact, Paul would have been pretty miserable in the process. And so my question is, what, what might we be missing out if we don't choose to look past our past, we don't choose to, to move forward, if we don't, we don't choose to look for new opportunities and choose joy? I'm just saying maybe the same is true for us today. And then finally, the third observation is this. We, we, can, we can choose joy when we choose to focus on what really matters. There's all this stuff that's going on in the churches and Paul's actually writing this letter to this church in Philippi to address some of those things that were were wrong that he had heard about. And and here he's addressing one of those. And he says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy or rivalry, uh, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for a defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But check out this response: But what does it matter? What does it matter? That's a good phrase for us to put into our pocket, to put into our tool belt in 2021. What does it matter? What does it matter? Some of the things that took you sideways this week, will it matter 100 years from now? And if not, a good question is, well, what does it matter? Paul chose to focus on the main things, and here's it is. He says, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. What does it matter? Is the kingdom being advanced? Are you able to help people find and follow Jesus? If, if so, what, what else does it, what, what does it matter? One action item for you, for me, for all of us today, and my hope is that you embrace this as an action item throughout 2021, and here it is. Today, I choose joy. Today, I choose joy. Why don't you say that out loud? Whether you're by yourself in a room, maybe a room full of family and friends, wherever you are, let's say this out loud. Today, I choose joy. One more time on the count of three. One, two, three. Today, I choose joy. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the source of all joy. For God, your promises breathe life. Give us hope in the midst of life's ups and downs. And God, we're just so thankful that you got a plan for our lives, that God, you're not only do you have a plan, but God, you're gonna see the plan through. And God, some of us today, we, we see all of our circumstances around us and it doesn't look real hopeful, but God, I pray that you would help us to anchor our confidence in all that you are and all the promises that you've made. And that today, God, you just heard from your kids, we choose joy. Help us, God, to live that out on a daily basis.